You are listening to the Park Flyer Podcast, where we discuss our RC adventures. Welcome to the Park Flyer Podcast, where we discuss the ups and downs of the new RC Flyer. Join your hosts, Michael and Jay, as they take flight at the park. Now on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Park Flyer Podcast. I'm Michael from Arizona. With me tonight, my co-host, Jay from the hills of Texas. And Mike from Alaska. Well, yeah, except you're not from Alaska. Yeah, that's not anymore. true anymore. I know. Well, I'm going to keep... I'm. <laughs> I'm I'm keeping it AK Mike. That's I'm I'm keeping it. You know, it's we I like AK Mike. You know, we can identify. It's kind of a good handle. Yeah. And, and honestly, I spent the majority of my life there, so yeah, I, I yeah. feel like I feel like, you know, it's okay. I think it's okay. I don't know. Well, welcome to Texas. <laughs> Jay doesn't know. <laughs> uh, thank you. And you know, I want to just say, um, I really like it here. It's very nice, um, but it's a kind of small. Yeah, I have to agree with the you state on that of Texas one. It is, is a, small. It is a podunk little state. Oh my gosh! I mean, Mike, you know, you know um, how to make Texas the third largest state, right? Cut Alaska in half. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 all right. So all yes. the Texans that are listening, we're just kidding around. I really like Texas. It's a good uh-huh. state. I'm enjoying the weather, and uh, I do sweat here, so that's new. Yeah, I will. Double, uh, and, I will second uh, did that. Did you go buy Walgreens or somewhere and uh, find some SPF ninety? No, I didn't need SPF no. ninety. Fifty, but not ninety. <laughs> did you get one of those like 50. little rollers, like a paint roller, and you can just come <laughs> <laughs> down on your he arm? Rolls and on it your on. Body. Yeah, it rolls it on. And, uh, That's uh, actually, uh, uh, so so I haven't worn a jacket since I landed, which <laughs> is weird. Good. It's ninety That's degrees weird. outside. Or long, or I sure hope you haven't been either, wearing right? a jacket. I've I haven't worn long johns since I've landed. Yeah, I I probably will in the winter for a day or two, you know, occasional yeah, the I occasional day, but uh, just just to, you know to remind me of Alaska more than anything probably. Uh huh. Yeah, he'll uh, he'll put them on, then I'll walk outside and go. Uh, that was enough reminding. <laughs> I'm going back and change. <laughs> Actually, yeah. it's colder where I work, like than it was in Alaska. I mean, they keep that area really cold, and like a meat locker, huh? Yeah, so so well, basically, when I take my breaks, I go outside. Well, there, there. That's you right. know, it's ninety degrees out, and I warm up pretty quick, and then and I go back in. This is true. So this is true. So uh, you're all unpacked. You got your planes down. No, you, uh, I'm not unpacked yet. I still, you know, uh, Jake can Jake can vouch for this. It it just takes time to get stuff undone. But I've got a majority of it at least in the right places, and. Uh, so uh, this week I'll be uh, I'll be working on uh, getting my planes out and, well, and good. start a new project. I got a new project heading my way. So a new project. So actually, uh, there's something very interesting about Mike because while he was moving, you created the a way to get your planes down there, didn't you? To move them, didn't you do like a golf bag or you bought a bag? Oh yeah. So um, so one of the things I did when we went to the electric f- festival. Um, right. This last year, yeah, uh, it was I used uh, a hard case golf bag to bring my right. planes down, and so I just did it again for moving down here. Um, I had to I had to get another one. So when I visited Jay back a while back, I I had it shipped to his house, and then I brought it back with me when I went back oh. to to Alaska, and so then I was able to use it because I I actually borrowed that one back for the electric festival from a friend. So, uh, so yeah, so I use that. And then uh, I use Jay's technique of building a box, um, and that was kind of fun. Uh, I actually ended up uh, putting, getting more in the box than I thought I would. I had one plane that had a really tall tail and a wide wingspan, and so it was like a crazy size for any of the boxes I had, so I had to hand make the box. Well, it turns out that I could fit my wing. I had two wings, and I had... Uh, another plane. I can't remember all. I haven't unpacked it yet, so I don't remember it. But I like I ended up putting three or four planes in that box instead of wow. just instead of just instead the one just plane. One. So well, there you go. Now when you shipped them, they're all kind of jumbled up and they're all attached to each other. Well, They've melted. I, I don't know. I haven't opened it up yet, so we we'll <laughs> have a conversation about wh- how much time I had to spend, you know, testing all the servos and making there sure that everything's okay. You know, gluing the broken bits back on. 
you know, the upside of all the planes I have, a majority of them are foam. So right. even if the wing snapped in half, right? Uh, yeah, but uh, the, you didn't have anything stacked on top of the boxes, right? When they got chipped down. Well, so, I mean, this is not really park flying stuff, but when they ship my stuff down, they put them on pallets. That's the way I got it shipped, put it on pallet. Oh, right. yeah. yeah. And, uh, and they stacked them up. Well, when it came here, they wouldn't deliver it because it wouldn't fit in their truck. It was, <laughs> it was too tall. When they tall. have a Toyota. To it was too tall. Right, it won't fit well, evidently, evidently they had bought new trucks to do these, uh, these home deliveries, and uh, the truck was too big. So I had to go to the site where they shipped it to. I had to unwrap it, and because I unwrapped it, all the bets were off for any insurance, and then basically I ended up putting putting it all in there. So, but other than that, they just did a pretty good job of stacking it up. I mean, it, I put fragile on the ones that I the box that I made. I put fragile sticker and and they had arrows which direction it should be up. It wouldn't have really mattered, but I just I just figured if I did that, that would be helpful. Um, now and you, uh, you, yeah, you, used, other, you one, other, used other boxes to to you know mail your planes in, right? You, I did. So I was just gonna say, one of the things I did do was I had a wardrobe box, right, and it had my shirts and stuff in it, um, or or you know whatever my all my wardrobe. Well, what I did was I had wings that weren't taller that were not taller than the wardrobe box, and I just stuck them in between the shirts. And that oh, was okay. That'll work. Pretty nice, right? Because that box is really sturdy. And then the shirts are going to protect it, um, and so that that worked out really great. In fact, I think I'm going to use it to store my wing. Like now, I have this empty wardrobe box, and so I think I'm going to store my wings that I have in there, as well as I have those. Uh, you know, using those pipe, the plastic piping, um, stacking thing. I don't know what you call it, but plastic wow, piping I mean, stacking. I mean, thing? that works out. You said it wasn't really park fine, but shipping airplanes. It, it really is. I mean, part of it. We've never really talked about shipping airplanes, but it can be kind of, you know, if you sold an airplane on RC groups or you did something to, you know, get an airplane for, you know, someone, you want to kind of put it, in a, you know, in a nice box to ship to them if, if they purchased it. Spencer uh, bought one here, and they greyhounded it for like $100. Wow. And it was supposed to be here in like three days. And it got here. They took it off the bus, and they walked it across the parking lot. And put it on another bus going to like Cleveland or somewhere. <laughs> so, so his airplane did like a round robin around the United States. It, awesome. it was crazy. He was did it, he was all did mad. It, did it make it okay though? Uh, it did. Yeah. Nice. You know, it made uh, eventually. It took it like two weeks to finally get here, but um, he finally had to uh, to drive somewhere and 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 stop the bus. I think he said he was going to drive to Vegas because it wound up in Vegas at some point and then made its way back to Phoenix. So. <laughs> Uh, it was that's a bigger airplane, but it, that's it was crazy. pretty funny. So. Yeah, but they're, so, yeah, they're, they're pretty efficient. Something. I mean, it doesn't cost that much compared to, like, if you used FedEx or UPS. Yeah, it may take a little bit longer, well, but like you said, it's Plus only it 100 bucks box. or so if it's a big yeah. plane. Right. 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 So so one other thing that happened is because I was coming from Alaska, um, I got rid of a lot of stuff I owned. Sure. Um, planes and everything, like just a bunch of stuff. And because um, I was trying to limit the amount of money it was going to cost because it's, it's about two bucks a pound to ship stuff. Jeez. And and so, right, exactly. And so uh, I was like, okay, I'm going to get rid of stuff. But I have this friend, um, and he said, hey, Mike, I have a couple planes. I think you might want them. He said, uh, Are we talking about Jeff? We're talking about Jeff, yeah, or yeah okay. my friend Jeff. <laughs> okay, yeah, and uh, yeah, you better do some background on Jeff. Let Jay do some background on Jeff. Okay, Jeff, Jeff is an anomaly in this hobby. Well, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, um, he, Jeff. Jeff well, he is not an anomaly. I, I, thought I had a lot. I, is, I thought I had a lot of airplanes until I met Jeff. Yeah, <laughs> and then, then I felt really small. Well, okay, so you know Literally. how you always say like you when you get into a hobby, you kind of really jump in with both feet. And oh yeah, sure. Well, Jeff, like you said, puts you to shame. Um, oh, I will just say that this guy has a lot of gusto when he gets into it. So when I first met him, um, it was during the summer, you know, when I was still up in Alaska, and I met him, and he was just beginning flying, and he was out there with a, a couple of with a couple of planes. Um, met him in the field at the field, but it was like early in the morning, and I I just stopped by the field to either fly or do something before work. And he was already out there, so he was out there 
you know, like an hour or so before I got out there. And of course, in Alaska, the sun comes up really early, four o'clock in the morning or so. And so he was out there early in the morning and he was flying. And I was like, wow, this guy's really into it. So I started talking to him and, you know, like I said, he was, he was a pretty interesting guy. <clears throat> so we talked about planes. I would help him with, with whatever plane he had or problems that he was having and help fly a little bit. And then I noticed like, if I like sometimes because of my work, the cool part was I could leave work for my lunch break and also, uh, you know, I'll ask him I could do this too from where he works. He, he's on the other side of the base and he could come over during our lunch breaks and we could fly. Well, sometimes Jeff would be there and I'm like, hey, Jeff, you know, uh, you're here too. And he's like, yeah, I had, you know, I had a little <laughs> bit of time. So I came over to go fly. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know, and he might be out there for, in, you know, for lunch for a little bit, maybe not as long as uh, Mike and I. Um, and then we, uh, after work, we'd go and we'd, we might fly after work, but, you know, it'd be one or the other. We'd fly in, either for a lunch break, you know, or we'd fly right. in the evenings. Well, I noticed that Jeff would be there for, like, all three. He would be flying the whole, as much as he could put <laughs> in there. there the whole there day. And so, in, within short order, I noticed that this guy, like, he was putting in the time to fly. Like, some people might fly once a week. Some people right. might fly once every two weeks, like on the weekends or something, maybe for a couple hours. And so it takes him a long time to get stick time. Well, Jeff was putting in hours daily. He's flying in the mornings, you know, lunch, evenings, whatever. He was flying all the time. So in short order, his he progressed through the hobby. And once he got to where he was flying comfortably, you know, from his little beginner plane, he, he wasn't starting with a jet, you know, flying 100 miles an hour. He, he started out <laughs> with, with some common sense planes. And once he kind of made it past that second, third plane, then he went hog wild. What I mean, what I mean about hog wild, whatever struck his fancy of what he liked, he he might show up at the field and he would have this new plane. I'm like, hey Jeff, you got another new plane? He's like, oh yeah. And he'd be flying it, and maybe something would happen, arrow crash, and it would smash up. And I'm like, oh man, that sucked. That you know, that's oh that transmitter wasn't working, or something happened, or the battery died. You know, whatever. And then right. he'd show up the next day. You know, I'd see him a few days later, and it, the, he'd have the plane totally fixed. I'm like, holy crap. Man, you do Brand good work. I can't even. It looked like the, not yeah, a scratch on. Not a scratch on. I'm like, wow, man, you do some good good repair work. And he goes, repair work? <laughs> what are you talking about? And I'm like, well, you know, you, repair, you, you repaired the plane. And he's like, no, I didn't. I just, I just rebuilt this one. And I go, rebuilt? And he goes, oh, yeah. I just, uh, you know, since I'm new and everything and I, and I seem to crash a lot or have mishaps, you know, whenever I see a plane I like, I buy, you know, two or three of them. And I'm like, you buy two or three of them. <laughs> three or what? And he's like, the, the plane, the whole planes. And so this Rick guy, gets. this guy, every time he would buy a plane, whatever plane struck his fancy, he would buy a couple in duplicate. You know, kind of like uh, with Schroeder with the pianos, you know, peanuts. You know, he'd, he'd break a piano, right. he'd go in the closet and grab out another piano. Um, so he did this for the first couple of years of him getting into the hobby of all these planes he would see, and he would just buy all these multiples. And then he got to the point where, heck, he wasn't crashing anymore, and now all of a sudden, like, his garage, his storage container, uh, I guess extra spare bedrooms, you know, the wife was getting pissed because he had all these extra airplanes because now he wasn't crashing, right? You know how you get to that point right, and you don't crash, right. you know, very rarely. So this guy all of a sudden had tons and tons of planes, of extra planes. And so he became like the favorite during our swap meets because whatever room he went into and he goes, ah, yeah, I don't need two or three of those planes. And he'd bring them to the swap meets and just kind of sell them to get rid of them type of thing. So everybody kind of loved when, when Jeff would show up because you can get some great deals on planes that he was just trying to get rid of. So um, he was very, when I left Alaska too, he was very kind to me, uh, allowed me to get a couple of planes for uh, great prices. In fact, I brought one or two down to you, in fact, uh, Arizona. You Mike. did. I own some as well. <laughs> you own some actually. of his planes as well. And so I guess That's Mike, or Alaska Mike, also, you know, he liked him a little bit better than he liked us. But, hey. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> he, he got a lot he, better choices. Exactly. So uh, mm. I guess Arizona Mike, I mean, I. AK Mike, he got uh, got some pretty good deals. So what what did yeah? So, uh, so I was to saying up? to you that so we got to this point because I was talking about those pallets. Well, I had a, uh, a couple of pallets that, that I already um, had put together, mm. but because of Jeff giving me these planes, I needed another pallet. So oh, I had to, that is so <laughs> sad. So I had, 
So I had to have another pallet. It's terrible. Can you see my heart bleeding? So if anybody, yeah. if any of our uh, listeners want to contribute to Mike's fund, <laughs> to fund yeah, his planes, right, because, he had because of the trauma. His extra pallet of airplanes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Pallet he had to go airplane. through to get a his pallet, pads down by the to way. from Alaska. Yeah, yeah. Keep in mind, you know, it wasn't a full pa- pallet up, you know, six feet tall. But, you know, still I had it. <laughs> it's only four and a half feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was really funny. I think, I think Jay... Uh, Jeff had told me at one point he had something like 150 kits or something like that. Oh, yeah. He had that when I was there. Yeah. Um, at least that then, many. And, and then I think, uh, didn't he buy out a hobby shop? Yes, he did. A hobby shop going like out. Like in Montana. Yeah. So there, he had 150 when I was up there. And then there was a hobby shop that closed their doors and they had all of that stuff. So all of those kits and, and radios. He bought, he bought the bottles he from bought that? The I did not know that. Yeah. yeah oh, he yeah. bought, he bought, he, like, bought out all their batteries and all this kind of stuff. And Yeah. Yeah. Wow. As a matter of fact, he had to move all his cars out of his garage because the garage he set the garage up to look like the hobby store. Uh-huh. That's great. I, I actually, I think Jay has a picture somewhere that uh, he was up there when I was looking for an airplane. Uh, he's like, oh, i got to go see Jeff when he was moving. Go down. look at the hobby store. And yeah. yeah, he went. It Literally, it was Jeff's hobby store. Yeah. And yeah. it was in his garage. And that was only the part of it in the garage. He still had it in, like, two spare bedrooms and, and, a, and something else, like a – Anyway, great guy. He's fantastic. He's uh, very generous. Yeah, he was very, he, very generous. Yes. And, you know, he's trying to give yeah. me some of his planes that he had built. Right. And I was like, right. I'd love to take that plane, but I can't ship it. He goes, can't you make All a right. box for it? I was like, I don't want to make a box for it. <laughs> he I goes, already had to sell. Yeah, he already had to sell his couch to get the extra pallet to yeah, space. Exactly. <laughs> so, 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 so I get to go to Dallas with yes, the couch. Yes, so, so, um, so he said, all right, you can take these ones. And they gave me some planes and that's so awesome i'll be putting some together Which well we're excited about that you're going to be uh able to get those out and kind of you know help us through the summer putting new airplanes together but were you able to get out and check out some of the fields or you didn't get arrested going through the high school parking lot or anything did you well uh, no <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah because well, you, you weren't you know you weren't on our last podcast and jay was making a comment about how you had text us and said hey i checked out a couple of he had texted you and said, hey, I checked out a couple of uh, fields, and now I'm going to go buy, what do you say, oh, elementary schools? Yeah, I'm going to go buy the elementary schools and the, and, and the middle schools and stuff. And I'm like, hey, dude. Oh, we were like, uh, all, we were like uh, all right, that's uh, not even drive nice. A white van. That's not even nice. <laughs> don't, drive, don't drive a van. I mean, I did. I did go by the high school, but that's, that's, there, there's no, there was no kids in school. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was an empty space. <laughs> so I think I saw that it was an empty park. It was a there was nobody in the park. <laughs> yeah, so so, so I anyway, did go there, and then the I, I went down you, you to uh, went to two different clubs uh, in t- uh, here in Dallas. Uh, okay. One that's south of me for about a half an hour, and another one that's about an, an hour uh, north of me. Um, and so uh, the one I went to south of me. There were some guys there flying, but uh, we didn't really talk much. You know, I I didn't have planes to fly um, yet because I'm still wait was still waiting for my stuff, and uh, and so uh, and they were busy flying, so I just went ahead and left. Um, and then the one up north, I went and I got there and nobody was there. So oh, well, that's e- a bummer. Yeah, I couldn't even get into the field because it's got a gate that you then got to travel down a road, and then another gate that you got to go to go into it. So there's no, there was, I could have walked over there, but there was just nobody there. So it wasn't wor- worth me even trying to walk over there and talk. But they both look like, I mean, that one of them's a paved site. And I think the one up north is also paved. Oh, nice. So, yeah, that'll well, be. Well, you'll have to let us know when, uh, whenever you meet those guys. I, I, will. And, uh, I will. I will. Because I, I, you're going to join one, right? Did oh, definitely. A, yep. Yeah, I'm definitely okay. going to. I just haven't decided which one yet. Gotcha. Have to check them out. Yep. And then you missed, uh, we had a holiday just recently, and uh, I think you missed meeting Doug. Our friend Doug Leroy has been on our, our podcast before. He's out this at the Holly Springs uh, Radio Control Group, so, Skyhawks. Right, so I went to visit my brother again and my father, and uh, my brother lives in the, uh, over by Holly Springs. And right. so while, while I was there, I was like, hey, Doug, are you around? He's like, yeah, I'll be around all weekend. And I was like, "Great, let's go. Let's go, maybe fly or something." And he goes, "Sounds great." And then he, he texts me back like the next day, "We're not going to be able to fly, Mike." <laughs> I was like, "What?" It's like it's going to be raining and thunderstorm or whatever. I was like, "Oh no. man, that stinks." 
So yes, we didn't end up getting we didn't get together, um, unfortunately. But uh, I'll I will sometime. I'm gonna I'll visit I'll be visiting that area more, and so yeah. we'll we'll go and and I and I didn't bring my plane this time either because I knew I I just I wasn't gonna have any time to fly, so I didn't bring my planes with me. Um, but I definitely will make a purposeful visit to go fly. Excellent. In fact, I'm really thinking about going when he has that uh, show. Oh, um, that'd be cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. He invited I us out to the... Um, think that's Labor Day? Yeah, I think it is Labor Day. But So I have to work that out with some other plans I got going on around that time frame. So we'll have to see how, how yeah, it goes. And, and we've already tripled the budget for travel, so, you know. <laughs> oh, I know good. we told everybody that. That's yeah. good. <laughs> so we said that now that you're in Texas, it's uh, cheaper get you around good oh that's good yeah that's what we'll, we'll definitely the, do um, i know right if it makes you feel any better mike it uh it it hasn't rained here in like a month and a half so <laughs> I, i've been flying you know all the time well one I thing that'll be definitely different for me here is it's windy or here yes. so either i'll be getting really good at flying or i'll be only sure. flying my wing or D- delta uh, wing type planes doesn't the runway go down the wind i mean the wind go down the runway uh, well maybe sometimes but well, maybe not there. others it's, it's hard to say well my i think my, mostly my planes are too light i mean that's really the issue is that there's really really those foam planes are just really really light because most Time of to move up yeah i guess so so maybe i'll have to do that there you go so get yourself yeah. something that's got a little weight to it Hey, so out of so. Uh, out of the planes that uh, Jeff gave you, what do you think you're going to work on first? I think it's called a Diamante. It's a it's Diamante. a twin jet. It's a twin jet, like it looks like an airliner kind of a plane. Um, hmm. And uh, so, what's what I like about it, as Jay knows very well about me, is it's a 2200 battery plane, because that's the kind of planes I like to buy. Oh, so okay. I stay with one battery type. So it's two. So it has two engines, or it's a. Uh, it's, yeah, uh, two engines. Yep. Is it? it was uh, a lot, it's actually a lot like it? my A10. Or is it EDF? that I had? So it's EDF. Yeah, EDF. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. So it it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. But I got, I'm gonna have to order parts and stuff. So and I'll get to experience the delivery time of lightning fast. Oh, you're gonna love that. Yeah. I'm, you're I'm gonna definitely love, looking forward to it. You're gonna love it. something showing up in three days, two days. Sometimes yeah, even exactly. one day because you're you're in Dallas and I'm sure there's a hub, you know, uh, UPS right, or I'm near the Amazon airport hub yeah, exactly. or something. It's it is terrific. Yeah, I'm loving it. And then I also like, I also like the plane ticket to go see my brother and dad was cheap. Yes. I mean, <laughs> like one fourth the price I was paying in Alaska, and right. it's only three hours. Right. It's even better, and you don't have yeah. to leave as opposed to a whole day. At one in the morning. Yeah, yeah, whole day, one direction. So I will tell you that that's uh, that's one of those strange things. You know, I ordered some uh, RC parts for the A10 and uh, ordered some other stuff from off of Amazon for another airplane. And I I literally was sitting here in the morning uh, at my computer <laughs> and I I ordered it. <clears throat> and the very next morning, literally less than 24 hours later, the doorbell rang and the parts were here. The motion RC parts came later in the day, but I was like, how the heck did they get here overnight? But I'm like you. I have a you know this uh, distribution a hub. hub in yeah. uh, in Vegas, and they just it's four hours away. They just drive over, or they ship it down via air, and it's only forty minutes. Yeah, but it was pretty amazing that you know they were able to get it in such a quick turnaround. So yeah, I'm really looking forward nice. to that. They don't have to take it on a on a dog sled up to uh, wherever the. <laughs> no, I, what I was going to tell what I was going to tell Mike was that the most amazing thing, or just the coolest part, is when you see something for free shipping, it actually means free shipping. That's right. We were always that. You know, it has the asterisk for, beside it yeah. that says uh, excluding Hawaii and Alaska. Exactly. Well, well and, there, and that's the other thing is like, uh, I think there's been at least three, Jay, Jay and I would be looking for something. He's like, oh, it's right here, Mike. And he'd, he'd send me a link and I'd look at the link. And it's like, yeah, Jay, uh, it says it's not available. Right. No, no, no. There's a hundred of them. No, Jay, it's not available in Alaska. Oh, yeah. Sorry about that, dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. I don't. That must have happened to us a ton of times. It did. And really, that's it did. Just no terrible. more, buddy. You will love it. Yeah, I <laughs> you will love it. <laughs> Free funny. shipping comes quick. Um, even you know, well, stuff from China still takes about the same amount of time. It still takes about yeah, two sure. weeks. You know, um, so but the shipping's still cheaper. 
believe it or oh, not. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's just that even you know even the stuff we got from China, we we ran into the occasional thing that said you know not to Alaska every once in a while. Uh, that would happen to right. us, but it is just such a speaking nice of chi- thing. Speaking of China, I got to show up on time. I love it. What'd you get? Well, I uh, you know I'm building an F16 uh, with Spence, and uh, we were looking for something to run the EDF, and so I got the new Hobby Wing Platinum uh, brushless electronic speed controller or Scape. Yes. Nice, that's what we call it. It's a hundred amp, and um, yeah, it runs. Uh, I think they originally designed it for like 480 to 550 helicopters. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But you can use it for EDS. It's uh, you know, high speed switching. It's got a fan, and you know, it's pretty amazing. Do, does it come in default thing, it? for helicopters? Because that will be play a major factor. Uh, you know what? That's I. I don't think it comes in there, but because you mentioned that, I also got with it a programmable box. Right. So the program box for the ESC uh, is pretty neat, and and this is a new thing. It's a multifunction LCD program box. So it has. I, I didn't realize it when I got it, but it's a USB adapter for the computer, and so that you can go on there and keep, uh, you know, plug it into the computer. But it also has a LiPo voltage tester and an ESC programmer wow. all together. That's nice. Which is weird. Yeah. I. I I went in there and tested it. It's really kind of cool. You stick your battery on there, and it will show you all the voltages in each cell and, you know, does all that kind of thing. Which That's nice. I already have one of those, but it's, you know, kind of cool to have it in the programming box. So sure. now I can actually throw this in there and be able to program, you know, my ESC. But nice. it's really kind of nice. I, I know that Hobby Wing makes good products. Uh, it is their Platinum Series, so, uh, you know, it is a little higher end, and uh, and I'm pretty excited about it. So. Hey, yeah, we'll see how but, it works. but just to let uh, our listeners know, the reason I was mentioning if you have a escape that's made for helicopters, yes, you can use yeah. helicopter escapes on airplanes and vice versa. It's just that if it comes in the helicopter mode, that your sp- it has a governor, and the governor basically allows the the blades on top, as you, as you see in a real helicopter, they slowly wind up. Right. So that's what it right. does. So you'll you'll go to you know do your throttle on your aircraft and and so the 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 turbine actually sounds kind of cool on EDF because it slowly starts to wind up like you're starting it up. So it's very yeah. cool. Except for if you you know after you do that when you're starting up to take off, it's great. But it's if you cut the throttle back <laughs> and you're you know coming out of a loop and you cut it back and then you start putting it forward like oh I need more power, <laughs> it's going to slowly wind up and that's quite a pain. <laughs> that would try to pull so, up. So uh, earlier this summer, right as the the guys in my group were cruising to do their little uh, you know they their winter. What do you call that? The uh, snowbirds. S- um, snowbirds. Anyway, they're all headed back out to you know out of the heat because it's a hundred degrees here now and. Uh, Bill had bought a walrus. The um, you know, I Bobby took my night yeah. walrus out there and was flying around, yeah. and, and a couple of the guys out there bought them because they thought, eh, these are great gliders, and they like the way mine flew. So we were setting his up, and I was like, man, something's not right with your walrus. It's not flying right. And anyway, he, uh, I said, your brake isn't on. So we went in to set the brake, and I downloaded the wrong instructions. Oh, no. uh, so we set the brake, and it went into a governor mode. So <laughs> now we're trying to fly this thing, and the motor's starting to wind up real slow. And I'm like, this is not good for a glider. <laughs> you know, it's it takes a long time to launch it. So uh, eventually, I found the right one and got the programming from the sticks on the radio, and we got it into the the gov- or we got it out of the governor mode and put and, the brake uh, on to the yeah. uh, brake, the hard brake. So if you're flying a glider, make sure your hard brake is on. That way the prop stops and folds. Otherwise, it windmills and just would drag that walrus to the ground. So that was pretty funny. Well, actually, I had yeah. we had the same problem. Like, I, I think I told you uh, we finally mowed the field out there. Uh, the fellas came yeah. out. So uh, Jim and I uh, got a chance. He called me up uh, and you know last week or so and said, hey, let's go out there and fly. So we met and we went out and flew. And that was part of the problem we had with a couple of planes that I maiden for him. You know, we maidened. Um, and he brought out some other electric planes that he had, and that was part of the problem that he was having with the planes because he would go to glide them, and, you know, they would glide for crap. You know, they'd just you know, come right back down. I'm like, what is wrong with this plane? Because he had a couple of, like, Bixler-style planes. He had, a, you know, had a real large one and a smaller one. I think it was called the Sky Surfer, and that was one of the problems that it had. He didn't have the brakes on them, and he's like, why do I need the brake on? And I go, because it's windmilling, and it's going to slow your plane down. He goes... Oh, right. but I thought that was good. And I go, well, for other planes it is, but not for these style planes. I mean, 
it's just creating drag and you're you're not able to sit up there and glide around with the with the aircraft you know it's just nothing but drag and he's like oh really so yeah just a note you know turning off your brake uh, or getting a hard brake is actually a good thing on some of your planes if you like to glide them around so well if, especially if you have a folding prop uh, on a glider style airplane or the Bixler, I, I, the Sky Surfer you're having, I think um, Peter in our group, he has one of those as well. He uses it for FPV type stuff, and it's a pusher, right? Oh uh, no, it, yeah, it's so a pusher. Um, so, but and so the prop folds backwards. Um, it, well, his doesn't fold, but still, when it's it back there windmilling, it just—it's amazing how much it slows that plane down. With it oh. just trying well, to glide, and it's just back prop, there windmilling. It just slows the plane down. It falls off, and he's like, "Why does it keep doing yeah. that?" And I go. Because the prop, you, can't you hear it? You could hear it like buzzing. I said, because your props, you know, it's it's, right. fr- it's free wheeling back there and it's just slowing your plane down. So we have to turn that off. So we did that on a couple of planes that he had. Um, one was, uh, he has a Zaggy, he has a new Zaggy. And the same thing with that when he was trying to glide around. I mean, that plane glides really well. In fact, it'll thermal. Um, in fact, I got it to thermal after I turned off the brake. Uh, so he was quite amazed with that. But, um, you know, it's just one of those things. Uh, luckily, he had bought all the programming, um, you know, box like you have. Uh, and, of course, right. that just makes it a whole lot simpler. I mean, you can do it with the sticks, but sometimes listening for those beeps and buzzes and blips, you know. Dude, I'm telling you, the, the the one that I looked at or the one that I was helping Bill with, oh, my gosh, we we were out there for 45 minutes trying to get it to work. Yeah, wow. it, you know, the one direction that I downloaded said to bring the stick to the bottom. The other one said leave it at the top. The other one said put it in the middle. There were like three different yeah. directions. And it took me, you know, another 20 minutes to find the right ESC, you know, basically directions. It said, hey, look, all that other stuff is correct, but let me break it down and put it into normal man's terms instead of, you know, <laughs> engineering terms that Mike can understand and the rest of us can't. So it, you know, basically said, do this, do this, do this. And I did it and boom, worked like a charm. Awesome. So, and actually it's a great, uh, you know, it's getting hotter here. So it's a great uh, summer for, for gliders. Have you had any? So is it better to fly a glider in the morning or in the evening? I think the evening, but I don't know. No, it's, uh, it's, it's probably better. It depends on what you're doing with it. So like if you're doing a DLG uh, you know, we're a discus, discus launch type uh-huh. DLG. Yeah. Um, you're going to want to do it probably when, when there's, you know, a light breeze maybe. You don't want it to be like really blowing and going out there because it's just. Yeah, you know, so probably really, early morning really would be better because there's not that the many morning. thermals. The the wind's not up. They're, all, you know, the thermaling is just starting to get active. Probably that would be probably right. better than later afternoon, say in Texas where, you're getting a lot of wind because there's a lot of thermal activity that, you know, the stuff's moving and booming. Um, and you're just getting bounced around where I'm sure, you know, with a regular glider, you can just throw that up, get above all that stuff and, you know, catch some good thermal in, I guess. I remember when we flew my Phoenix 2000 at your place, Mike, I think that was before noon. I I remember Uh, getting, I I think around then. Yeah. It was just before noon. It was, I remember it getting really hot. And they're like, holy crap, this is so hot. I mean, I'm having a great time, but it's so hot out here. <laughs> My plane's going <laughs> to melt. We we spec that thing out. Yeah, I mean, we did. It went yeah. way up there. We had yeah. some great thermals that day out yeah. in the desert. We had trouble uh, landing it, remember? I was trying to get it down yeah, on the ground. Trying to get it down was a little difficult. Yeah. And actually, when I was up in Alaska with you guys, and um, we were flying uh, the Phoenix. Yeah, it was the we 2000. We got it way yeah. up there, too. Yeah. yeah. We had some great thermals. Yeah, we always got good thermals up there. I mean, not always, but uh, we that happened a lot. Well, depending, you know, the DLG style where you, you know, you discus launch it, you fling it up there. The 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 way that that one works is that they try to stay air, you know, they try to stay airborne as long as possible. Then they bring it back down and chunk it while it's still flying by you. You can actually grab the the little peg hook peg. Yeah, the peg. Thank you. You can grab the peg and you know keep it flying. So they get. I think when they do contests, it's an F3, F5A or F3A or something like that. But anyway, they do these contests where they try to keep it up, and they get a certain amount of, you know, throws as it comes by. They, they're allowed like three thro- three or five throws or something as it comes down. And so they try to keep it airborne, but the DLGs only stay airborne for like three to five minutes maybe. Yeah. Because they're constantly, you know, just gliding, and they're super uber thin. And uh, Spencer has one. I was going to go fly it, but the wind was just howling, so it wasn't a good day. Now, on the other side of that, 
the big wing gliders that are, you know, thermaling type gliders, you can fly those on a really hot day because you've got a lot of vertical uplift, um, you know, and especially at the park. And you can really, if you have the right wing design, you can really spec those things out. They'll they'll grab the lift and, you know, just keep climbing. So, And you guys had, uh, Jay was actually uh, having issues with his variometer because there's, a variometer will tell you if you're getting lift or not. I think you have one too, Mike, right? I do. Yeah, so it, it's a series of beeps, and it'll your your transmitter will beep, but it'll tell you that you're getting lift, and it goes higher, and then it'll go lower. I think if you're losing, right? Mine, that's what lower, mine does. Lower tone, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah the, tone, the problem yeah, I have with mine, uh, just like uh, Mike was just saying, uh, you know, AK Mike was saying, you know, I I still have a bunch of planes that are still in my boxes that I made. So I grabbed my Phoenix 2000 because, like I said, I was going to meet with uh, Jim and go out to the field and fly. And I wanted to, you know, that one has a variometer in it. I wanted to get out and fly it. Um, had gotten a new receiver for it, went out there, you know, because I actually we took the receiver out of that one and we threw it in the um, in the plane you got me, Mike. Uh, Arizona Mike, you know, uh, my beaver, a turbo beaver sitting oh, back right, there. Right. So um, I, I ordered a new receiver, put it in there. And was like, all right, I'll put it all together, got out to the field. And <laughs> well, unfortunately, when I had, you know, that was one of those planes I kept together all the time. And I just threw it in the back of my truck. I never took it apart. So I never really like labeled anything. So when I pulled all the uh, everything out of the receiver to throw that receiver in the turbo beaver, you know, there was no labels on it. So then I just put it together like I did for a regular plane. I just plugged everything oh, in, you right. know, throttle in the throttle, you know, da, 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 da. And the plane was just going wacky when I plugged it in. It was beeping and buzzing and nothing was working right. And, you know, the flaps are moving with the rudder. And I'm like, what the heck is up with this plane? And then I actually had to get back into the model. And that was one of the ones that you had set up for me, which was a true glider setup. So the throttle oh, wasn't on. your Phoenix 2000 right, was full right. So it was full house. The throttle wasn't on the throttle. It was on my rotary knob. The throttle was set up to reconfigure the camber from going from flaps you know from you know flying configuration as you look you know that would be at full throttle and as you lowered the throttle it would go between um full flaps to and then it would lessen the flaps and the lower you got down on the throttle then it would it would turn in the flaps into spoilers right. and so you could be flying along you know try to get a, a steep approach and then as you're you're going by you could kill all the lift by going all the way down like turning off the throttle and you can cut all the lift and the plane would land so it's really cool when you do it right so it's really neat you got to remember throttle's not the throttle and it's on the rotary knob well my rotary knob was reversed so instead of going from left to right to go faster it was right to right to left to go faster you know so it was very confusing so I kind of had to sit down and figure it all out and look at the configuration and how what plugged into what. But I, I got it all back together, and then I noticed on top of all of this, the telemetry wasn't working right. My variometer would work. If I raised the uh, the glider up or down, I'd get the beep, 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 beep. And you know, if I lowered it, it would do right. beep, 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 you know, lower. But it was supposed to tell you what altitude you're at. So you, I have a button on there. I flick a switch, and it would tell me the altitude. It wasn't doing that. And I could not, for the life of me, figure out why. So I swapped the original receiver that was in there back in there, took it out of my Turbo Beaver, put it back in there. By this time, I got smart enough to label everything so I could <laughs> figure it all out. <laughs> Two, then I then I re I had to reconfigure or rebind it to that receiver. And in this one, it's kind of different. Instead of just uh, putting in a bind plug, putting in the battery in, and then binding it with the radio, well, this one, you had to push, push a switch which was on the telemetry model to bind, you know, the I had a receiver, a satellite, the telemetry unit, and then the variometer sensor. So you had to push it on this button. And so you have to hold this button down and then try to plug the thing together. And doing it by yourself was rather hard. So you had to either have somebody help you or you had to rig up something where you're holding it with your hand and holding it down with your elbow, then reaching across and plugging the thing, you know, the Deans or the uh, XT60 connectors in to get power to it. But I, I finally was able to do it, and then the thing still wasn't working right. And I, I finally had to break down and go to uh, RC groups, and then I found a little thread where the guys were talking about this problem. And 
one thing I've learned about RC groups, you can find answers to things that you normally don't or don't can't figure out because somebody else has had the same problem. But instead of starting at the beginning of the thread, you should probably start at the end of the thread. And they and work backwards. Yeah, yeah, because you get to exactly. the end of the story, which is, you know, turn the turn the blue switch to you know to three o'clock, and then you know turn on. But it, right. but if you don't, you have to go through everything until they get to that. So you you end up. Jay, trying I don't know. I don't know what radio you're using, but I just plugged mine in at work. Okay, Mike, you, <laughs> you free sky. Yeah, guys. me too. I don't know what your problem was. Yeah. Well, <laughs> as it turned no, that's out, true. I did have to kind of reset the unit. But it was very, like I said, it was very confusing because there was no manual. In the you know the manuals that come with everything don't mention that you have to do this when you change out a different receiver or anything. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those things you have to know. Or like I said, go to the RC groups. And and they did have a couple of RC. Uh, they did have some Spectrum representatives that were on there trying to give some helpful hints. But once again, unless you're an engineer or you understand everything totally. It wasn't until the guy explained it, and I tried to do what he did, and it still wasn't working. And then a, another guy came on like two or three posts later and said, "Hey, what he mean? What he means is this, you know, put the round hole into the round peg, you know, da 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 da, and, and like click, it worked. So, you know, long long story short, I, I got it to work, so now everything's working, and I can't wait to get back out to the field and try it because that is one of my favorite gliders." Well, and I think uh, Spectrum just came out with a new airware update. So if you oh, haven't great. updated your model, <laughs> I think that'll have an issue with it as well. Because I think eventually that's what it was. Yeah, too, that's right? that's you what it was. Update. In fact, uh, the updates mm-hmm. that they give you. So that's in fact that's what the problem was. The the unit was working, and then I updated the firmware. And when you update the right. firmware, then you have to reset everything in order to get it to work right. again. And I didn't know that. I just one day it just stopped working, and I thought, you know. Some either I it's did broke. something or something broke. happened. <laughs> it broke. Yeah, it just broke. Well, at least you didn't do something like I did and send it in for a warranty work, only to have them say, "Hey, by the way, you forgot to flip this switch and send it back." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's that's. I, I that's, did that one. I that's very that painful. It was, and then it was. You know, that cost me thirty dollars in shipping out and back for them to tell me, "Hey, you forgot that you didn't flip this switch." Yeah. Tur- turn the turn the switch to OFF or o- ON. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. It does not work in the OFF mode. That's right. In the OFF mode, it does not work. <laughs> well, this would be one of those good times that your airplane should have a on and off switch, though, right? That's really would have helped you. If I had like my that, you know, like my Yak has a has a on and off switch, so it's hooked in between the batteries. So you can turn the battery and plug it in, and then it's got a little flipper switch that you turn on and then it activates everything uh, so if you would have had one of those switches you wouldn't have had to be holding the thing oh yeah oh yes it. oh for yeah. for binding yeah. it and stuff oh yeah yeah right that definitely would have helped right. well because you had to hold the switch and plug the battery at the same time maybe that's what the setup is supposed to be like well i'm sure yeah well yeah unfortunately if i had some friends or a wife that would help me she could have held it but you know, <laughs> what a wife that would help me <laughs> If my yeah, wife would only help with me with this, then I'd be so much better off. She is helping you with that. She's leaving you alone. Exactly. That's, That's right. what she said. I'm leaving you alone, so stop bothering me. Uh-huh. Well, while you were out at the field, uh, you, you I think you have a new airplane, right? Oh, or yeah. I had, uh, once there? again, uh, kind of like what Mike was saying, as uh, I I didn't put all to get, I didn't put all my planes together when I was up in Alaska. So I had I still have quite a few planes that are still new in the box. And one of the planes I had was a uh, micro Sky Hunter um, from Ishin, I think it is. And and so it had been sitting around, and it was a little box, and I'd been kicking it around, you know, all over the, the room. And then one day I said, okay, I'm going to put it together. And I put it together, and I had it like like 90% of the way done. I just had to put a motor and grab uh, an escape and some other things and put it in. And, you know, I was just in the lazy mode, and I hadn't done it. So I kind of scrounged around in my box of things and found a motor I could throw on there and found everything else I needed and I put it all together and and I said and this is one of those things too like like I said my buddy Jim here said hey let's you know let's go out and fly and and so I grabbed it and said well I might as well take it out and and try it out uh and I, and I was looking at it and I said you know it's made it's made for FPV and it's all white maybe I should put something on it so I grabbed some tape. Yeah, and, why do you want to put anything on it? Mike flies it without. I know he's, right. he's braver than I am, you know. Right. So I'm a wimp. 
But I, I went ahead and I put I put a couple of things of coloring on it, and um, so I could tell at least which side you put was, one piece of was tape. up. Yeah, <laughs> one piece of tape. No, I used two. And uh, he so, used cellophane tape, it, the clear it, stuff. stuff. He put one. Yeah, it's all white, and he put one piece of tape, and it was beige. It was beige. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I took it out, and uh, uh, actually, this this little plane, um, I, I may put a motor that's a little bit too powerful on it. I don't know. <laughs> um, and you I, know, that doesn't uh, surprise me at all. And I kind of put I, a prop I, on it that was maybe a little too big. And for the I motor, know, I, I don't know if I actually, um, you know, I'm always big on you need to balance your props. Well, I, I just kind of grabbed one. It looked beat up and there's chips out of it. And I was like, yeah, that'll fit. And, you know, I just went out and flew. So it, it definitely had a, for such a little plane, it had a nice little roar to it when it was, <laughs> as it was vibrating <laughs> pieces. So it, it made What's it, that noise? That's right. So, uh, but no, it, it flies, it actually flies quite well. Um, I would say. Yeah, it's a twin, I, twin tail boom, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a twin yeah, okay. tail boom uh, design type and it, it flies, it seems to fly well. Uh, I will say that there's one thing that you need to do is uh, actually to put, to make sure you don't have nearly as much throw on your elevator. And maybe put some expo on that as well, because you know otherwise the roll rate, you know, I have no expo or anything on that. But unfortunately, if you're too heavy-handed on the uh, on your elevator, the plane se- it gets quite pitchy. So you just have to be be aware. It's of a that. real pitch to fly. Huh? It is a real pitch to fly. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we're punny kind of guys again. Yeah, this week. Punny, yes, punny, we punny. are. What do you know? Well, uh, could it be a CG issue? No, I mean, no, it's set I, up for I, FPV, I got the CG. Right? So I have the CG have more... set up correctly. It was just that I have too much throw, you know, because you know it's a little, it's a little elevator. So once again, you think, ah, you know, I should have full, full throw, you know, ninety degrees. What the heck? And really, <laughs> it, this little plane <laughs> because it's short coupled, you know, it's a short plane, and so by by having it with that much throw, it just makes it so sensitive. So it, it really. The elevator go all the way across. Yes, I mean, it's, it goes all the way, right? Yeah, it's not yeah. Just one in the middle. Yeah, it's just there. Also, yeah. even though our listeners can't see it, but uh, you know, it goes all the way across. Yeah. So. Well, I mean that. So you've got a big, a big surface area, even though it's not very. Right. It's it, it's, thin, it's you've it, got a large. Right. It goes. It goes. Across. You know, midway through the whole plane. So yeah, it's a lot larger than you think it is. Yeah, it so, looks like it'll be six or eight inches at least. Oh right? yeah, easy, easy. It's because uh, the prop that's on there is a six. I'd say yeah, it's. I'd say it's easy, eight inches across. So, well, and then it's a pusher as well, so the airflow is coming directly, directly over, over your, it. Directly over it, elevator. so no problem right. whatsoever. So, definitely, you, to launch it is nothing. I mean, you just have to just let it out of your hands and it starts flying. But once again, um, you know, having too big of a motor on there makes it, you know, doesn't help with the. Uh, <laughs> well, it helps with the excitement. You know, if you go full power <laughs> and give it a honk, it makes it interesting. It makes it a little interesting. So you don't need to do that. It, this is almost like fifty percent. Just give it a, a good light truck, and you're up and flying, no problem whatsoever. So, wow. um, it's a cool plane, so and it, so you can configure it. the The nose is quite neat. It breaks off into like two sections, so you can pull off the top section, and then you can mount your cameras on top there. Or, if you want to put a, a little small camera on a on a on a servo, so you can look around, you could do that as well. There's enough room inside. There's a sliding upper tray. So if you want to add um, like a small uh, controller or APM type module, you know, to give you things like, you know, GPS, yada, yada, you know, give you some flight controls. Or if you have a, a, a gyro board, you get, there's a space in there you can put it on and slide it back and forward for the CG and everything or to get access to it. It's pretty cool. So they, they give you a lot of options. It's just up to you, depending if you just want to fly the plane to fly it or if you want to set it up for... FPV, or you want to set up for autonomous type stuff, there's enough room to do that. That's pretty neat. There's a lot of room up front. It looks, uh, it's got the P38 look, though. It's got the twin tail booms and the, and then the big nose. Yeah. And it's called, and it's called a what? A nano? Uh, it's called a micro sky hunter. And I got it from Banggood Hobbies. Who? Oh, Banggood. Well, there you go. Our favorite place. Yep. And the, and the one that I got, of course, was the, um, what do you want to call it? Not the uh, ARF. Well, I guess it would be the ARF mode. Uh, so so basically it just came with just the, uh, you know, it came with nothing with it. So Or the kit. It came as a kit. Oh, That's you had it. it getting at. Yeah. It comes as a kit so you had ARF. to put your own servos and motors and all that stuff on. Yes. So if you're like so us, you have tons of, you know, 5-gram, 9-gram servos laying around. And what? you only need three for this, so. 
you know, that and a small motor. You know, like I said, I had a box full of small motors that I used for various things. So I, I was able to find a motor that would work with the size prop that I was going to try to put on there. So, so is it ailerons, elevator, and rudder? Or no, just no rudder, rudder. No rudder, just three. It's just oh, the no elevator rudder. and, and no the rudder. ailerons. Okay. Well, that makes sense. So, so I highly recommend it. Oh, you know. Bank and yank. Yeah, and like I said, it's small. So, <laughs> I mean, if you want to throw this right. in your back, you know, back seat of your car, it's perfect for that. Well, you couldn't do that here, but at your place. Well, maybe. once again, no. I live Now that we live in Texas, we can't do it either. <laughs> you got to come back and see a little puddle of, uh, of foam in your <laughs> back it. seat. What's all these sticks and foam in the back of your back seat of your car? No. It's <laughs> just a couple of servos laying exactly. in a puddle of uh, I kind of want to do a test, though. I think, I think I'm going to take if, – if I have a plane that isn't working anymore, I might, I might stick that in my car – during the summer and just see like was tinted windows enough to keep it no, reasonable no and i i can solve that yeah matter of fact i can tell you right now okay yeah you don't have to do that because way back when when i first came to phoenix uh i had a vulcan remember that airplane jay it was uh it's it was one of my first 3d epp type airplanes okay oh yeah and it was a it was a company i can't remember the name the company was a vulcan it was a vulcan 3d i think is what it was called uh it basically had a balsa wood stick in the middle of the fuselage and a balsa wood stick uh down the wing so it was two balsa wood sticks in that were uh put inside this um this epp foam and it, and it was like a three millimeter epp or whatever Anyway, it went together really easily. It used the three gram servos or whatever, and uh, I think I had one of those blue Wonder Motors on it, seventeen hundred uh, kV or whatever, and I, I think it ran off of a little eight hundred three cell or something. It was a great airplane. I, I had a really fun time flying it because you could just bounce it around. It was when EPP was uh, fairly new on the market. Uh, however, I left Comma. it <laughs> in the back of my car in the middle of uh, summer, and because uh, I took it to work with me. Uh, and it was sitting outside in the heat, and I did have tinted windows. But it got hot enough in there that when I went to go fly it, the wings were all, <laughs> you know, because it was sitting in the seat, and so it, it kind of started It had know, enough melting. pressure to make warp the wings yes. a little bit. Yes, so now it, may, it warped the wings, and, and it kind of reformed the, uh, the foam. So uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I've had that airplane uh, for a while, and it was in my little repertoire of, of uh, hangar stuff, and I, I think I wound up giving that to, um, uh, to the, one of the guys. Uh, Martin. Martin. I think I wound up giving it to. Oh Martin. boy. Yeah. So it it probably has a real big engine on it. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. a five thousand milliamp put a, battery. A V eight on it. I, I'm not really sure. So yeah, a V eight with a with a six cell battery on the. That's it. On the twenty two ounce airplane. Hey, so you brought um, up you brought up a good point, uh, and I want to bring it up to. AK Mike, since he's new down here, I like I said, I went out with my buddy Jim out to the field last week, and I'm still getting used to flying here in Texas, and so I want to help up my buddy from Alaska. So we went out to fly, so I kind of show up with my stuff, and I'm like, oh, okay, we're going to fly. And he's like, oh, yeah. So you got a chair? And I'm like, uh, no, I just I thought we were just going to be out here for an hour or so or whatever. He's like, oh, okay, well, don't worry, I have an extra chair for you. So I'm like, hey, thanks. And he's like, uh, did you bring a canopy? And I'm like, a canopy? no he goes yeah you know one of those tent like things i go yeah i know what a canopy is what's that for he goes oh well you know he pops it open and he opens up the canopy and he gets it all set up and it was like early in the morning so i'm like what do we need that for and it was kind of overcast at first you know um so he sets up the canopy you know spikes it down and has it all set up and we started flying and getting our gear together and by you know we got there at nine and by i don't know 10 o'clock or so the clouds that were out, it burned off. So it went from being like a comfortable 75 degrees to all of a sudden it jumped up to 80 <laughs> degrees, 85 degrees, and then it started slowly bumping 90. And then, like, there was no clouds whatsoever, and the sun was just beating down on us. And so I'm like, whew, it's getting kind of warm out here. And so, uh, <laughs> Did you bring any water? No, I, I, brought, I brought some water and some things to drink, but I, I learned that much at least from coming out there that I need, needed to bring that. But, you know, so Jim shows up, and he's got a cooler. So I didn't have a cooler, but I brought water. You know what I mean? So uh, he's like, yeah, yeah, if you want to use my cooler. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that's a good idea. And so it's just like I'm, like, watching all the stuff. Like, he's breaking out while we're out there flying. 
and we're having a good time and stuff. And then I noticed like at first we had all our he had we had all our stuff out in the benches, and then as the sun you know the clouds burned off, that most of the the, the stuff that was on the uh, that was on the benches all of a sudden moved to underneath the canopy, and I'm like, I wow, it got kind of crowded under here. There's all these planes, and I noticed my planes were st- you know kind of still sitting out, and then I quickly understood why because. Gee whiz, my, not only that, I had, I had left my radio sitting on the uh, bench and, you know, my uh-huh. spectrum black and chrome, boy, it was getting quite warm <laughs> sitting out there. And then I noticed that, that makes you know, it all, fun to fly with a hot radio. I got too, a hot radio it? and then I had the triple beaver out there and I was like, whoo, you know, it's getting, you know, it has the windows and stuff on it. And I go, wow, it's getting kind of warm in there. And so I had to go into my, into the truck and I pulled out an old blanket and I had to throw it over my, over the, over that, the turbo beaver. Just to stop, because I noticed I started getting a little bit of bubbling and a little, you know, stuff was happening to the uh, to the covering. Well, the monocoat has never looked so good because it heated up and stretched <laughs> that sucker out, and now all of a sudden it starts. Exactly. So I covered, so I covered it's it up, in and, the uh, and then I grabbed, yeah. um, you know, my my bag for my batteries and stuff, and I and I stuck it underneath the the bench so it was in the shade, and then I took my radio and put it under the canopy, and you know, and I just started putting everything in the you know in the shade. And I was like, wow, there's some things you got to think about for coming out there. So Jim was all prepped. He was ready to go, man. He, you know, in fact, luckily he brought some lunch out and shared his lunch with me. And, you know, uh, he had a big old thing, like I said, cooler full of ice. And so he's breaking up the ice and, you know, you get to, you know, put a little in your hat or whatever and cool you off. And I was like, wow, I I really have to totally rethink coming out to the field, especially like, like you for Mike, if you find a place that's 45 minutes away, you just can't drive out go out there to the field you, you definitely have to look at you know what time of the year it is what's happening you gotta bring out something to cover your planes with water right. cooler food chairs i mean I, it's nothing like flying alaska like like i said because mike and i would just keep all our stuff in our car and we just stop wherever we want to stop and go fly for an hour or two have a good time and break off and you know go home and it's just not it's two totally different things you know like uh the other thing is like um also, in your planes, you definitely have to cut cooling holes, or, which is one thing, you know, we never had to do. Or we always covered them up to stop oh, snow right. from going into those things. Right. That right. is not that's not the case down here. So, like, our tough wings and stuff, even though there's not any cooling holes, there's a couple of vents, you got to kind of watch how you fly your tough wing. You just can't fly balls to the walls because it'll get, it'll get a little warm in there. So, yeah. you know. We probably end up puffing that battery yep. up. You definitely well, I'm to- really glad that we uh, we're talking about this because – we had gotten um, a comment from a, um, a listener about this. He, he said, I live in Houston, and uh, I want to know if it's okay to leave my plane in the back of a car. I said, well, you know, we talked about a little bit about what you're saying and uh, how, uh, you know, it might bubble up or whatever. And said, So I said, basically, you know, I wouldn't do that because um, I just don't think it would work. But I was just wondering, you know, you know what? that that's what i think that's part of what made me want ask want to ask the question oh yeah you know i mean unless you're driving right to the field i I mean that's fine but like how we used to drive into work leave our crap out in the car and then just grab you know jump in the car and go out to the field i I can't do that anymore we can't do that anymore what about charge levels on my batteries is it Make more sense that's a good question i haven't i haven't really i haven't really checked that out but i get you know just like anything else with the cold weather really severe cold weather um Real severe hot weather is bad. Now, if it's like 70 and 80 degrees, that's actually good for the battery, and the battery performs better, you know, in those temperatures. But I'm sure right. when you start to get like 90 degrees and above, I think the the batteries start to drop off again. It's kind of like the thir- once it gets to below 32 degrees, the battery's performance starts to drop off. Mm. So um, you definitely want to keep it like room temperature or, you know, Low, you know, how how I understood it, and I, I don't I don't I don't know this for a fact, but it's how I understood it was the reason why you don't charge a battery all the way up is because when it gets warmer, it's like the charge fills up the battery, and maybe Mike can speak to this in terms of how the batteries perform, when, or whether you should charge them up all the way or not. But uh, I understood that if you go like to ninety percent. And then the battery gets hotter than 80 degrees or 90 degrees or whatever. Then it becomes basically a full battery instead of uh, the 90%. And then it'll start puffing because of that. Oh, but that's I, true. I yeah. Is that true? Well, I mean, anytime, yeah, the, anytime you have the 
I think some of the smarter chargers will do that. They have a heat, you know, like our, la- uh, what are they call those? The <coughs> Pro Labs. labs Cell Pro. Cell Pro 6. The Cell Pro Labs. They, yeah. they have a, yeah, they have a little sensor in it. And so it'll actually see that it's too hot or too cold outside, so it'll only charge it to a certain amount. Uh, but you will definitely puff batteries if the temperature's hotter, uh, you know, where you're at. You've got to be really careful o- over overcharging them. Okay. Or charging them full, right? You don't you want to charge yeah, them full. Well, you can charge them full, but, um, you know, when you get out, you're right. The <coughs> The battery runs better uh, the hotter it gets. So I think the battery has a 140 degrees or something is when you get the most energy out of your battery. No kidding? Yeah. It, it has to heat up. But it's going to heat up because of use too, right? Oh, yeah. Correct. So, like, if you were taking if you were taking a readings, you know, for, like, your uh, that little machine that you have that takes readings, technically in order to get the full max C reading flow, figure out what your battery is actually producing, you would have to warm your battery up to, like, 140 degrees before you took the actual reading where it, it could give you exactly what the – you know, batteries producing. Oh, so okay. You're getting, you're getting I, thought, the I max thought that temperature flow. was 72 degrees for that. Uh, if it was 72 degrees Celsius, that'd be a 140. Wait, wait, wait. 72 degrees no, no. Celsius? Fahrenheit. That's, that's no, freaking Fahrenheit. Hot. <laughs> I think it's 72 degrees Fahrenheit. 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 I don't yeah. Know. I don't know. Well, 40, what is it? 45 degrees is 104 or something like that. 110. I, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah. Metric. <laughs> I don't know. I can't think that fast anyway. But well, it sounds like uh, everybody had uh, a good week. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I um, we can talk about it, uh, on another podcast. But I got to go over to Spencer's and and make the you know finish up the intake for the F sixteen that we're working on. So that's worth a whole podcast. Let me tell you what that is worth a whole podcast all on its own. Well, then we better say I've it. been documenting it. I've been documenting it. So we'll try to. We'll try to do one of those where we can talk about that whole intake thing because it was an ama- it's it, it is an amazing process. It is now completed, but it was just a crazy how this whole thing worked and how he figured it out. We'll actually have to have him on so he can walk us through all of that. Good idea. Yeah, we'll we'll talk to him about it because he's he knows much more about it than I do. But it was an interesting process. I was able to to go over it. it took mm, two or three visits to get it all completed. So. Wow. And that's just the intake. We, you know, we're moving the foam around as well now, but I think we're to the point where now we have to shape the foam and do a couple more things to it. But uh, it was pretty interesting. I learned how to paint in the mold, and um, you know, we did some airbrush work to his Ultra Flash. That was kind of interesting to actually see that, you know, how that works. So yeah, we'll have him on, and uh, he can explain all that. That'll be a good, good episode. All right. Him. Well, great. I'm looking forward to it. Perfect. Something I've always wanted to do. Yeah, it is interesting. So, well, our hour is up. Man, that went by fast. Just uh, listen to Mike's uh, little antics. But uh, welcome to Texas once again. Down there, if you're in the Dallas area, uh, be sure to send AK Mike a um, an email at theparkflyerpodcast.com and invite him out to your field. Okay, I don't think I'm gonna get a ten gallon hat. I think I'm just gonna get like a two gallon hat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You don't even have to get a hat. I mean, just because you're in Texas. Well, I do. I've got a bald head. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. And, you'll, and you'll you know, that. you definitely want to watch that sun because it's been roasting me. So, uh, you can tell you got roasted. I know. <laughs> I believe me, dude. I can you tell too. A sun, did you? That's funny. Yes, it is. Well, uh, anything in the news? I don't think uh, there's anything major. I, th- um, I do know that. Uh, that the uh, e-flight guys are having a e-fest for the east coast here coming up in june right june june or july i think it's july you're talking about test flight i mean yeah. uh, uh, the okay. test flight guys so that one's coming up and then there's another one i think uh first second or the first through the fourth in november yeah that's the one here uh, right right next to you yep down there in texas you're, you're talking about flight fest i think it's right, what they're flight called, fest right? that's flight it. fest yeah yeah uh mike and i were looking at that uh you know, during this last week, and um, you know, trying to figure out about going down there, but uh, yeah, it's real close to you, Jay. It's only about an hour away. Yep, right up the road. So you have to less or more. Yeah, put it on your contest. I mean, put it on your uh, calendar. So I think I am going to. Also, uh, didn't they uh, move? Um, oh, what the heck's the other big festival that was supposed to be happening about this time of year? But they moved it to Joe Nall. Yeah, Joe Nall. 
that's going to be so they announced that are going to have it in the fall now since it got rained out. That is true. So now it's going to happen in the fall cool. as well. So you'll have to look for the dates on that. So yeah, Ohio is July twelfth to the fifteenth, and Texas is November first to the fourth. There you go. Well, I think we're going to try and get you guys uh, to one of those this year, so that'll be good. Okay. Well, I think that'll be fun. I'm glad we increased the budget. Yep. <laughs> Jay's all worried about the budget. I am. Well, somebody's got to worry about it. We just can't, you know, just be running amok, spending money. Got to balance that thing. <laughs> yes, exactly. Feel free to send your checks to parkfirepodcast <laughs> at gmail.com. That's right. I have to set up a yeah, Patreon we'll thing. PayPal, right? Right? PayPal money. Yeah, PayPal, PayPal money. money. There you go. That's right. You can help us all out. Need to find a sponsor. Well, I uh, appreciate you guys joining me tonight. We had uh, had a good time and uh, learned a couple things about Mike. And um, let us know what uh, airplane you're going to be building pretty soon here. Yeah, I'll come up with the actual name instead of me guessing at it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and then uh, what we'll do is we'll uh, we'll have you build it and talk about your build and then uh, talk about your maiden as well. Okay. Yeah, kind of like, like your, a good uh, idea. what was it, the, not the Tomcat, it was the Tamecat. Same yeah. cat build. Yep. Yeah. 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 That was a that was a Jeff airplane too. Oh, see, there you go. Yeah. Nice right. segue. And wait, and and he gave me an another one that has an EDF on it. So I'm really excited about that because um I crashed my my uh, the team cat. Uh, you know, it didn't it had trouble with the landing because it uh the the way the landing gear was made. It just ripped the firewall off, and so, yeah. and the and the thing that held the motor on wasn't very. It just wasn't very stout, and so, um, so I was like, oh, I, I, it'd be better to have an EDF, and and Jeff and I had talked about it or something. He goes, and I got this for you, and so he gave me that. But now that one it was already built, so I had to find a way to ship that. I mean, I, I, fig- I figured out how to put it with my stuff. So, uh, I still had the wing from my original tank cat, and then I have the wing that came with the one he gave me plus now this EDF setup. So that I'm really looking forward to flying that because I, I had fun flying the plane. It was a good plane to fly, but uh, just a, it was a very stout front end. Fantastic. Well, yeah. for those of you uh, those of you listeners at the Park Fire Podcast, if you have uh, anything you want to let us know, just email us. And, uh, if you're in Texas, look like up. Other than that, I guess we'll see you in two weeks, right? Two weeks as always. So it's good. Well, so Mike from here in Arizona. Jay from the hills of Texas. At AK Mike in Texas. <laughs> okay, we appreciate it. Well, you just have to Thanks work for on listening it. to the <laughs> podcast, and uh, we'll talk to you in two weeks. Now that's what. You have been listening to the Park Flyer Podcast. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to your next visit. Please give our show a star rating and review, and feel free to email us your questions, topics, or suggestions to Park Flyer Podcast at gmail.com.